Welcome to the Nerd Out and Workout Podcast. Cast, 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 cast. everyone, this is Coach Austin here coming to you with Hyper Strength and Conditioning with your Nerd Out and Workout Podcast, where we nerd out, workout, and podcast. And today I am joined by Don Tran, co-founder of Underwater Torpedo League and Deep End Fitness and a Marine Raider. Hello, Don. Welcome. What's up, brother? How you doing today? I am doing well. I'm doing well because you're here and you're ready to bestow knowledge upon what you've been doing since the last time we met. Just a note to everyone who's listening. The last time uh, we met, he was uh, motivating me to finish the last round of our RFT cert. <laughs> As I was dying, he's like, come on, man. I'm like, I can't let this guy down. This guy's so badass. <laughs> but, but it was fun. It was a uh, fun times. Um, but yeah, Don, so Underwater Torpedo League and Deep End Fitness, could you explain uh, our listeners a little bit about what you're doing? Because it's very exciting. Sure. So, um, first off, hi, nice to meet you guys. And um, a little segue into it is when we were doing that RFT program, after the first day, I went back to my car and I had to sit in it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, I didn't oh, yeah. I'm not even lying. They're like, my legs were cramping up so bad. And I didn't want to show anybody, but I was walking to my car. <laughs> Halfway to the car, I was pulling a cramp and I was like, oh, just, just walk it out. Just walk it out, get to the car. You can sit in the sure. car. Show yeah. no page. Show no page. <laughs> yeah, so What's you close the door, bro? Insane. That was insane. It was all body weight, which was like crazy to me. But on, was it was it one of your hard like on, on a on a on one of the most hardest things you've ever done? Where does it fall on top five, top three, top ten? Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not that hard of you thinking. Top hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's in there for sure. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes me feel that better. Was, it was difficult. <laughs> it was difficult. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, but yeah, sorry. Right, so let's go. Sorry, I just had to say that point. No, it's good. I I almost died. So <laughs> everybody did. You know, I talked to everybody about it. Um, even even Adam. You know, Adam from Strong Coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. That crushed me too. And we talk about it all the time. We're like, dude, that was an insane program. And then doing it again Sunday morning yeah and then doing it the next day that's right the jog killed me remember when they made his jog and i'm like really yeah. <laughs> like, okay i get i love the mobility part they're like, all right go jog and i was like okay yeah. <laughs> um all right so anyways so yes. going to deep end fitness and the underwater torpedo league so um deep end fitness is a fitness program where we really focus a lot on breath um staying calm when it matters so that's in the water or outside and really controlling your breath to maximize the performance that you have um, going into something. So it could be whether you're working out, it could be uh, in the office or when you're stressed out or really before you go into a stressful situation. So we have a lot of cops, uh, firefighters um, really kind of train that mindset to, hey, if I max it out during my training all the time to hit that kind of anxiety, hit that fight or flight um, symptom or fight or flight, signal in our head if we hit mm-hmm. that all the time like hey i'm more susceptible to understanding what that is what that feels like and i can really push into the fight instead of flight and leave the situation um so that's how it kind of got started but we really started when we were in the military um so it was my business partner and i prime hall 
and me, we were, we met in special operations selection for the Marine Corps. Um, and then after that, we finished selection. Uh, we had some time, like seven months, eight months, or nine months, my bad, nine months from March till November until we picked up our school seat to actually go to the school. So I had an opportunity to either go on deployment with the unit I was with, and which we're, we were about to go on to what we call a Westpac. Mm-hmm. So it's just jumping on the Navy ship and then hitting like Hawaii, um, the Philippines, Thailand, and a few other ports, Australia and stuff like that, and do some training missions. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do no training missions, you know? I want to do the real thing. So I was like, hey, uh, Prime was like, hey, he was already working at the pool as a wire survival instructor. So he had like, hey, why don't you come over here and work at the pool with me? We get trained together and then get ready and go to um, the special operations school. We call it ITC, which stands for uh, the individual training course. Oh, nice. So we had like a whole bunch of time to train at the pool. So he was the one that put me, uh, got me ready for wire survival instructor and really stressed me out to the max. You know, like I just met this guy that he was my friend. And he's like trying to drown me every day. Shit, um, dude. But then I go to the wire survival course and then I, I make it. But when we got back from that, I was like, man, this is not the way that I want to learn anything. You know, and in the military, it's like they really put you in a situation to, to sink or swim. And literally. So they just kind of stress you out to the max and like make you do more stuff. And I was like, man, this is not the way to do it. So we were like, hey, maybe if we thought about it and we was methodical and remain calm as much as possible, even in the stressful situations, like that would really help you out. And then I think it was like a year and a half prior to that, um, I was in this huge seminar thing when I was at squad leaders course. It's like a course to get you ready to be a leader of the infantry guys and stuff like that. Cause I mm-hmm. did four years in the infantry before I went over to special operations. Oh, wow. Um, but it was a briefing from this guy named uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman at the time. I think he's like a colonel or something now, but um, he was a psychologist in the army that wrote two books. One was called On Combat and On Killing. And he was like, if you could take anything away from this seminar, it was box breathing, just a breathing pattern that really allowed you to really slow your symptomatic like nervous system down to really think about the process. So if you think about it, like breathing and blinking is the only two things that you do that happens automatically that you can control. But breathing oh, and breath right. and air really affects everything from all your functions in your bodies to every system to, to the way you think, really. So he was like, hey, if you could take anything away from this, know, or learn how to box breathe before you go into a firefight or into a dangerous situation. And it's a simple breathing method where you go four second inhale through your nose, Four second hold up top, four second exhale through your mouth, and then four second hold on the bottom. So it creates like a box. Four, 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 four. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So what it does is it allows you to really slow everything down because your body would naturally get anxious to naturally increase its cortisol levels, increase its stress levels, right? And that in turn just makes your body go haywire. That's what puts you in that fight or flight. Like, and really when you force yourself to breathe that way instead of uh like if you shallow chest breathe all the time like sometimes you see ufc fighters on the side of the ring like that they're just like (laughs) yeah that's really promoting way more anxiety and stress but if you take slow diaphragmic breaths filling up pulling that stomach all the way down and taking those nice diaphragmic breaths calming breaths it really promotes calmness and creativity so that's what we want all the time right so that's what sparked it for me i was like dude why can't i use these breathing drills when I'm in the pool. And I was like, Oh, well now then we started implementing those breathing drills. And then we were working at the pools. It was just like a Marine Corps pool at, at Camp Pendleton um, in Southern California. 
and we pretty much had like a jailhouse uh, weight set up outside. So like all rusty ass weights mm-hmm. outside and we just put them on the side of the pool and we would do like uh, CrossFit style workouts and then jump in the pool. And that's how it kind of got started trying to stay as calm as possible, increase our heart rate. to like, we try to get above like 130 and then jump down and try to, to do like 25 meters underwater, Holy shit. which is extremely hard, you know? Yeah. That's, and your yeah. heart, your heart rate's like up and you're like, all right, go down. <laughs> yeah. So that's like, what? Oxygen. Yeah. The higher your heart rate is, the more oxygen your brain. Um, so wow. Yeah. So yeah. you would do the box breathing after you do, let's say you're doing a Cindy or a Fran. And then after that you would do box breath and then jump into the pool. Yeah. But box breathing, it's, it's a great tool if you're calm or like kind of stressed out and or like kind of breathing heavily, but not if you're like gasping for air. We noticed oh, okay. that. So there's other breathing methods that we use as well um, to kind of slow that down. Like you could do like a straw breath, which is like a five second inhale through your nose and then 10 seconds, like you're breathing out of a straw. So you guys were like battle testing this. Yeah. Like, we were so trying whatever we could. Yeah. So um, how was that process? You're like, Oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> like all oh, this, this method doesn't work for this one. You're like, oh, yeah. shit. I mean, we, you know, it's just trial and error for everything, but we we're having fun with it. That's we're, cool. man. Yeah. So, Fast forward um, into it, we went to the school and then we did a whole bunch of uh, amphibious training there um, and we were crushing the water portion of it. So we were doing fine. So they were really trying to teach all our teammates that portion. Then we graduated the school um, and then we were still going to Afghanistan and Iraq at the time. So um, we didn't really use a lot of that training until we got switched back from Afghanistan and Iraq to like uh, the Pacific mission. So we started doing more boat stuff, more dive stuff. And that's where we started using those teaching methods and training our teams um, as well. And I remember Prime telling me that he was um, on the dive team for his company uh, and he was training with some SEALs out in Guam and they were playing the underwater torpedo game. Um, oh man, I forgot. Sucked. Okay. So we played the underwater torpedo game um, in the military and doing that whole process as well. Uh-huh. Uh, but at the time we were calling it underwater football and there's like so many different versions of it throughout the military, like SEALs play it, Navy divers play it um marine recon plays it um and they play with the, whether like weights a five pound weight or whatever it is you know um we used to play and we put a kettlebell down at the bottom of the deep end of the pool and it was 50 feet those pools and then we would play with the torpedo and then whoever had the torpedo and could hold on to that 70 pound kettlebell for three seconds you get a score so dudes are just roughing you up underwater um, so that's how the game kind of started so wow yeah fast forward we trained we did uh, a few deployments to um, the Middle East and the Philippines and stuff. And then we got out, uh, Prime got out in 2017 and I got in 2018. And then we were like, hey, um, we work together really well. So we really need to start something together. So we explored a few different business ideas. Um, some of it was like security contracting down in Mexico. But of course, that was not the case. <laughs> Dealing with all that stuff. He's, he has a lot of connections from his old school anyways. Mm um so then we were like hey what do we both love doing we're like oh man we love being in the water we love this underwater football game um so we were like all right let's see what we can do we were both in school at the time he was going to his usc mba program at the time and then i started my school program at chapman which is like a little private university in orange county but Mm. um yeah so that's how we kind of got started and then we originally called the underwater football league and then people were like what the what it doesn't have to do anything with the football. Like, where's the correlation? <laughs> um, yeah. So then we had to rechange the name and then rechange the whole company. And that's how we kind of got Lenoir Torpedo League. We kind of got started there. 
Um, yeah. So then we started in 2000, end of 2017. And then um, Prime had some advisors at USC that was like on the Olympic committee. They're like, hey, if you can get two teams and kind of proof the process or the concept with two teams, then you guys will maybe be successful or else it's just a dumbass idea. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's that's true though, because most true. That's true. fail in Fair. the first few years. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We put two teams together, one in San Clemente and one in Oceanside, California. And then we kind of played the game and that's how it kind of got started. Um, so the game is five on five. Um, you can only play it underwater. And if you can imagine uh, a water polo game, shrink down the, uh, the net size and then put it underwater and then um, throwing a torpedo around pretty much. So I've, seen, I've seen your videos, bro. It looks intense. I didn't know there was like underwater grappling until I saw it when you were explaining it. I was like, you're grappling in there? <laughs> I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like some guy, I don't know if I was just seeing things, but I saw some guy trying to pull a triangle real quick. And I was like, no. no so <laughs> when we just started out, it was like a free for all. It was like, whatever you could do. And then we started training all these MMA fighters. Yeah. Like they were putting like real arm bars and like cranking it. And underwater, like when you're cranking an arm bar underwater, like you don't have to put that much force, you know? And so it's like messing people up. So we're like, all right. No arm bars, no, <laughs> no single one submissions. Um, there was never any choking. So no punching, no kicking, no scratching, no ripping goggles. Um, no no ripping goggles. Oh, yeah. That would, yeah. But it started with ripping goggles. So people were ripping goggles in the beginning. But, yeah, we, we had to change it. So now it's super safe. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. it, though. Yeah, leave it up to the MMA guys to just figure out a way to win. <laughs> right? Right? For wow. sure. It was actually MMA chicks. No, was- oh no dude trust me yeah i i trained a lot of like fighters and because I, I trained at a Vicious. kickboxing gym and fighting and and the smokers and, and the tournaments and it's always the the lady the the females were very fierce yes like guy fights all right yeah knock out whatever get okay. women fights it's like goku and vegeta <laughs> like dude i'm yeah, like how do you guys form. you guys are crazy like the stamina for four or five rounds, still yeah. at it. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't want, no, I'm not messing with you. <laughs> no, that's cool though, man. So, so you guys adjusted it. You guys, man, you guys are basically in the process of making this thing. It's just cool that you, you guys are in the process of trial and error. And it's like, okay, no, no eye gouging, no ripping. It's like going from like an actual gladiator type event to actually you're making it more polished now. Yeah, I think we're at a, like a 95% solution for everything right now, for all the rules and everything like that. So it kind of took us the whole process um, for like two years to get here, for sure. So I wanted to touch on, you guys were mentioning you were building teams. So you started with two teams. Yes. So now you're building more teams. Where did the two teams originally start? Uh, it was in Oceanside and San Clemente. So it's oh. like in um, South Orange County, North mm-hmm. San Diego County area. So San Diego and LA eventually. <laughs> you got your- yeah. Well, now we have, well, right before COVID, we had a team uh, in LA. So in Santa Monica, uh, one in Irvine, California. So that's in the middle of Orange County, one in Oceanside, one in San Clemente, one in La Jolla. That's all SoCal. Yeah, it's all SoCal right now. What if I wanted to start one in the Bay Area, NorCal? We're actually trying to come up there and start one. Um, so we went up there 
in October of last year to kind of scout the pools. We went to San Francisco, which is a bad idea because all the pools there oh. are not deep enough. Yeah. I got access to a pool. You do? Not yeah, the highest apartment pool that you're. No, 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 no. That'd be a that'd be a nice stupid dad joke, but no, not the apartment pool. Um, I can talk to the AD, but uh, ever I I coach football for Evergreen Valley High School, and I also Dude, do their strength and conditioning. And yeah. I just got the key to the football field, but also unlocks like it's basically a, a key that unlocks a lot of athletic things. Yeah. And then I I nonchalantly asked because like as I was watching what you guys were doing, I kind of see where you guys were going. So that same day, I went to practice. I went to coach uh, Rosanna's. Hey, um, does my key open the pool? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, if I wanted to, like, take a few people I know and kind of do some workouts, could I do that? And he goes, well, are you a lifeguard? And I'm like, I can be. <laughs> and he goes, well, if you have someone who's a lifeguard, yeah, you just go in and, and reserve it and tell the AD and we'll, you'll be good. And I'm like, and that's why I reached out to you. I was like, hey, I was wondering. <laughs> Yeah, let's do but it. But yeah, but yeah, if you if you want, like yeah. I can, what I can. What's up? What city? San Jose. San Jose. Let's but we it. we could do like you know like what 49ers do. They're in Santa Clara, but calls to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you like do you know people here who are interested? Because I know some There's people. So many people that are interested up there. Um, and the more we get out, the more people that hit us up and tell keep asking us to come to their city. Um, so the Bay Area was definitely next on the list but so we've been out to um las vegas we trained a whole bunch oh, of instructors wow. out there we were working with uh, some of the coaches at the ufc performance institute of course our mma fighters hooked us up with the connection for that so some of those guys are our instructors but we're trying to head out there first i think las vegas is going to be the first place that we set up uh, outside so we went out to miami and kind of launched it out there but they're on complete lockdown right now we have four coaches out in or instructors out in miami we got like six in Las Vegas, um, six in Hawaii. Hawaii is, oh, yeah. Hawaii is insane because they have everything so close knit and everything's structured around jujitsu and surfing. Oh, dude, that's like, where you're going to get your grades, man. In yeah, Hawaii? That's where we need to go. Hawaii and Guam are just making a rivalry. <laughs> yeah. No, Hawaii, like... That's Hawaii would be crazy. Like, yeah, so we went out there, trained some surfers, um, and then Alima McFarland, uh, she's one of our MMA fighters, but she's from Hawaii, so she oh, has a huge connection, yeah. just opened everything up for us. It was amazing. We went out there to watch her fight uh, in December, um, and then we went out there to, like, do a whole instructor kind of training out there, too. So, yeah, we're really trying to launch it, man, as much as we can. We'll go up to the bay, do a demo at your pool, and then see what kind of demand signal there is and then we'll we'll set it up and we'll run it let's do it dude that's what i'm down i'm down i'm writing that down yeah demo at evergreen i'll hit up my yeah because every, everyone's kind of on lockdown but i'm always thinking ahead and i'm it like should be clearing up soon right because orange county and san diego just it's like five days ago six days ago where they just got like the the green light to start opening things up i hope so six 40, 14 days from when they authorized it so should be another 10 days before people start opening things up. I hope, man. We're on fire right now. So, yeah. True. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought I was like, uh, it, well, it's not that bad. I'll go outside. I'm like, no, oh, all is fucked. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't even run outside. I'm like, but yeah, no, to your point, we, I hope, I hope to, yeah, it'll, it'll clear up. But yeah, yeah, Evergreen, Evergreen's a nice area. Um, it's uh, in San Jose. 
and their facilities are really nice. And that's why, and their pool should be deep enough. And if you don't have access to that, I have access, I know I have access to the other pool, but there's also Independence High School that has a, they have an Olympic size pool, like straight up. Do they have a diving board? They do. Like it's full on. They have a diving board. It's going to be deep enough. Oh, okay. Well, like, yeah, the one that, the the one that looks like a building, like they have those. Oh, towers? Yeah. Yeah. They have the towers at Indy. So if if it doesn't work out at Evergreen, I know the AD at Indy. It's just. Yeah, I, I don't know. My water is not my friend. So I never thought of it. But I, no, I don't know. Like when I watch your stuff, I was like, I really want to try this. Like I really do. It's like one of those things where I'm like in my 30s and I'm like, I want to do something different other than banging and clanging, banging weights and like playing football all the damn time. Right. Um, but yeah, so you also mentioned you're trying to start a team in Australia. Yes. So um, when I was in the military, I trained. I pretty much lived in Australia for almost a year uh, with the two commandos out there. Um, amazing guys, jacked, huge. Um, but yeah, so they came out here when we were doing that demo in Vegas with the UFC dudes um, for a bachelor party. So I was like, hey, you guys come out, <laughs> hang out and uh, check it out and see if you guys like it. Because we always talk about it. They're like, oh, do you? so they saw me start the program when I got out of the military. They're like, dude, this is crazy. Send me some programs. So I sent them some programs and then. They came out and uh, they're straight up off the strip with like their um, Fat Tuesday things, dude. <laughs> what? What? They jump in the pool and crush the workout, and then we start playing UTL for a little bit. And no way! The and then like they're one of like their senior guys are like, dude, we need to bring this to Australia. Like we have the pool access, and I train at the pool over there, of course. Um, and Sydney's a perfect place. They're just as crazy as fitness as California is, you know? So it's a huge spot. They're right by the water. They have amazing outdoor pools that take water from the ocean. What? Yeah. Look Dude, at that's up. nice. And Bondi beach. It's like it, the, the waves comes in and it fills up the pool and they heat the pools that the water that's in there um, during the winter time. It's crazy. Wow. Crazy. That's like, Man, you're finding all these places that are just designed for your sport. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're trying to start something out there, but um, they're okay now in Australia, but we're not. So we can't even fly there. So we're going to focus on the United States first yeah, um, and then get out there because I didn't realize this when we started advertising and started looking into it. I was like, dude, getting a business license in Australia, like you have to be really set up over here first. It costs a lot of money. And, but yeah, we're going to go over there and train some people and then let them start the program on their own and then kind of work that franchise or whatever it is from that way. But, um, right now we just got to focus on America. America. <laughs> yeah. But it's true though. I mean, it's, it, you got to set your foundations and, yeah. and you, you're already starting it slowly, but surely. And, and I have to ask like, what does it take to play this sport? Can anyone just kind of, you know, like kind of like soccer, someone just gets the ball jumps on the field and get going. What does it take to, to play this sport for any individual who wants to partake in underwater torpedo league? Yeah. So first thing would be water confidence, right? So you need to be able to swim, uh, be able to understand um, that water is your friend. And not your enemy. Water is your friend. <laughs> yeah. Right. You drink it, you, you bathe in it. Um, so True. yeah, water is a huge portion of your life. So might as well understand it and use it to your advantage, not be scared of it. But we have a great program uh, through Deep In Fitness to teach people how to swim. We taught like thousands, I don't even know how many thousands of people to be confident in the water, especially in the pool. It's so easy, right? Because there's always a bottom of the pool. 
Now, if we can make everybody touch the bottom a few times and know how to touch the bottom, everybody can kick off the bottom, right? And go any direction that they want. Mm-hmm. So we don't go there and teach people how to, oh, this is how you freestyle stroke. We start butterflying. Stroke. <laughs> we don't do any of that. We just go in there, get people confident in the water. So water confidence is huge. And the ability to remain calm and hold your breath is also huge. Probably one of the biggest things, right? Because as soon as you stress out, just like we were talking about a little bit earlier, as soon as you stress out, your heart rate elevates. And then when your heart rate elevates, you start burning more oxygen. And then you also incite that dive, mammalian dive reflex like everybody has when they go underwater because we're mammals and we want air. Oh, I see. Flex. And that's CO2 tolerance, how much CO2 you can handle. That urge to breathe all the time is that amount of CO2 that's built up in you. So really working on your CO2 tolerance. And that's why I like breath work and exercise with breath work so much because it really allows you to push that limit so much further. Um, so I'm trying, I try never to gasp for air, even like when I have to try to just control that breath and take nice full deep breaths in and out all the time. But yeah, so controlling that, your heart rate, um, and then really have like any situational awareness that most athletes have already. Right. So like understanding in the playing field though, is a little bit different cause you don't have a ground. So people can come at you from on top of you, underneath you, left or right of you. So having a little bit more uh, situational awareness would be key. And then have a little bit of athleticism for sure. Be able to swim fast um, and be aggressive, right? Cause you're grappling people, pushing people off. So that's it, man. If you have those things, be successful in the pool. <laughs> how long? Okay. So for someone who's like a super beginner, how long do you, in your experience, does it take for them to actually get ready to play the sport? I would say like, uh, with proper training, three weeks before they can be pretty confident in the water. Um, and then maybe like eight weeks before they can play the game, play, understand the game and actually play and enjoy it. But everybody can play the game off the bat, but most people are just like putting water on top, you know? Um, but yeah, like eight weeks, man, it's not that much. You start enjoying the game and become pretty addictive. So we run like eight week seasons. So like eight oh, weeks. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's like eight weeks. And then um, we do like uh, playoffs. We do some scrimmages throughout the season and then we do a playoffs game. And then um, the two top, top two teams go to like our Super Bowl. We call it the Aqua Bowl. Aqua Bowl. All right. <laughs> I love it. Aqua Bowl. Yeah, and we, uh, we just started streaming it last year. So you can watch it on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram Live and everything. So like underwater stream? Yeah. No way. Yeah. We kind That's of built cool. it. Yeah, we kind of built the technology. Well, we had this company called Dive and Sea, and they um it's just like this old Russian guy that builds all these camera housings for like NASA, for all these There's like, always an old Russian guy that's involved in these things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he, he's crushing it though. Um, that's good cases for us for our gopros our sony cameras and all that stuff so uh, we run wires to um a laptop and we stream it dude that's sick you run it on twitch too and all that and we haven't been on twitch yet um uh, but definitely that's going to be the next step to get on twitch as well it's just the biggest thing is the internet connection if we put more that's what i'm saying out, more bandwidth right so we're trying to limit to what most of our viewers use right now oh, which hey. is YouTube, instagram and facebook for right now but if we can get some satellite like the news channels have with that. Dude, kind of- I mean, so you, you mentioned earlier you had a connection with like two people from the Olympic games. 
Committee, yeah. Yeah, committee. Okay, so is your plan that far? Like, you want to make this? You want to make this like Olympic wide? Like, you want this to sure. make this? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So we're tra- we're planning to get into. Uh, we were trying to get into um, Paris as like a, a spectator sport. I mean, as like a trial sport. So just let us do something in there so people would know what it is. Oh, they let you do that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and then. In 2028, when it's in LA, that's when we're like hoping for that it'll be the first time actually played and competing in. Oh yeah, it's in LA in like what 2020. 2028. 2028. Yeah, so next one's in Paris. Oh, Tokyo's in next year because it got delayed, and then Paris, and then LA. Dude, that's sick. exciting. That'd be sick. Yeah, I mean that's the goal. You gotta shoot high, aim high, miss high. Right. Hey, would you be so you would be what the 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 UTL commissioner? Is that what is that what your thing's gonna I, be? I have, no idea, I have no idea where this is gonna take me, but um, we're having draft right. day and you're you're signing people from polo teams. I don't even know, dude. But I'm just going full in uh, into it, and I'll see where it takes me. But I'm having a great time. It's a lot of struggles, but a lot of learning, a lot of hey, failing. That's how it is, yeah. man. Yeah, that I love it. Been great. I'm so good at taking failure and no's now. Like, you know, like, oh man, okay, just rub it off. What do I learn from it? Move on. Let's go. But dude. Before, I was just like, man, this sucks, dude. It- <laughs> the very beginning, it was like, dude, this sucks so bad, dude. Like, putting like so many hours of work into it and like just to get a no, you know, but. What was the, well, what was the suck? Like, what was some of the struggles you were having? Like, that was kind of like, oh, come on, man. Come on, dude raising money dude like oh yeah in the beginning we put a lot of our own money into it like all a lot of our own money into it but business especially now it's like man do we have money to do cool projects or to kind of pursue this so you need money you need to ask people for money fundraising is a huge portion and when they see like something so crazy and so new at first people are like oh that's super eye-catching so everybody wants to hear more and at first we're like Oh, you want to hear more? This guy's interested, you know. <laughs> like it's going down. Really, this guy just wants to be like, oh, that's that's really cool. That's a that's great nice. But I don't know if it's gonna go that far, so I don't want to put my money in it, you know. But we're gonna ride it out, see what it is. But before too, we were like exploring and chasing a lot of different projects and stuff like that. But now we're at the point where we're like slow it down all right let's do a little bit more research just figure out if this is worth it all right we have a budget now you know we're That's budgeting no oh, budget yeah yeah like okay <laughs> can we spend it here or maybe spend a little bit here or maybe pursue something else so uh, we're just getting better at everything and i'm going through school right now so i i just i literally just graduated my um, bachelor's program in in may i was going to the business program at uh chapman and every day I was learning something, I was applying it to the business. Oh, that's how you do it, bro. Yeah, so that, that's why I was, I'm doing the MBA program because I, I didn't want to stop. I was like, man, I'm learning a lot of things I don't have to mess up on. I'm a business, <laughs> time and money. So I was like, oh, put it into the school, get a degree out of it, and then we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Dude. So did you make this like a final project too for your MBA? Or, or I made it um, for a project at my bachelor's program. Um, but I'm definitely going to use it. So my business partner prime went to the same exact program I'm going through now. Oh, done deal. We went through it when we just started it. So all the professors like, Oh, I can't wait to hear about this and see where it's gone and how far it's gone. And then, and USC is like a crazy alumni, like, and super supportive network. So everybody was like, Oh, how can I help you? 
that's how we got the Olympic committee. I mean, so much people from USC. That's what I was like, I've got to go to USC. You got to leverage that. That's good stuff. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you'll find people here too in San Jose. No, everywhere. For sure. Like shit, man. The network is huge. As long as you get to know good people and the relationship is mutual, you're going to be, you're going to crush it. Is this a co-ed sport or is it female division, male division? It's co-ed. Wow. See, that's awesome. We even have um, some challenge athletes play with us. No, that's good. Yeah. So some of our friends that are in the military that um, unfortunately like Hmm. paraplegic or lost their legs or something like that, they still get in, throw down with us. So they get, they're, they're one-on-one. They can do it. it. They're in it. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. good. I mean, it depends on the level of disability, of course, but yeah, um, but still, it's... whenever they can play, they're they're in it and they play, and you know, really gives them an outlet to focus on something else. So it's awesome. And you've developed now like these strength programs for the sport. I'm assuming to help people kind of get more conditioned and yeah, yeah, for sure. We definitely have. Um, we probably, uh, I mean, like eight online programs now, kind of catering to. The crowd that we've been training so like some for surfers some for mma fighters to really kind of supplement their training programs not really because we know that we're never going to be like the sole workout program not everybody has access to a pool every day mm-hmm. not everybody wants to get in the pool every day mm-hmm. you know so we're here to supplement we're here to train people and really give them a different perspective on fitness and how to really control their mindset first and then apply that to everything else See, that's really the mindset you guys talk about, mindset and breath. Now, coming from a person, coming from myself too, who would, uh, who would, from an individual who may want to bring this to their city, what would they have to go through? Sure. So, um, number one thing would be, hey, tell us that you want us to come there. <laughs> right? Okay. And then if you're really interested in kind of doing it, then we definitely need your help to kind of find a pool, help us find a pool, right? Cause we're not on the ground. It's like, we've tried like the cold calls, so many different pools, like, Hey, uh, my name is Don and I want to uh, play this sport in your pool. They're like, what you want to do? What, what is this? <laughs> yeah. And then never send them a video. Don't send them a video. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't think it's all cool. Or you could send them videos, you know, like the risk manager at any facility is going like, nah, dude, that's too much, man. They really, they're like, Oh hell no. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> So it's better to have someone in whatever city or the place that we're trying to go kind of build that relationship first. Like, Hey, I'm interested in training here. Um, really training in water confidence, um, see where we can take this. Um, really. Um, and then from there, okay, cool. We'll come there. We'll try to set a demo and then we'll run an instructor training program there. Or you can come out to Southern California, become a certified instructor uh, with our program. Really we focus on safety uh, pool coordination, lifeguard coordination, understanding uh, CPR, AED, nice. uh, and then understanding the breath work and then the process. So we have this the principle, our training principle called FREE, which stands for focus, relaxation, economy of motion, and efficient breathing. So really understanding those processes and how you apply those to not just um, the workouts, but kind of every day. We like to kind of incorporate everything into like real world, real world and the fitness side of it. And then, uh, yeah. And then once you're a tier one, um, you have to be a tier one and kind of practicing it for a little bit, not really using the name, but practicing the principles, um, kind of get mentored by one of us. And then you become a tier two. And that one, the program is really focused on um, programming, understanding your 
your athletes capabilities and their limitations, of course, and then scaling it just like a CrossFit kind of model scaling to, Hey, how can I scale this to a professional athlete that wants to do something here? Or how can I scale it to someone that's not very comfortable in the water? Um, and then, then still have them learn all the benefits and the, of the program. Um, and then from there you can license out the name. So we're structuring it similar to the CrossFit affiliate model. We had some mentors from CrossFit, kind of help us out. So they pay an annual licensing fee and then um, you start the program there. So you don't profit share, you don't do anything. You kind of start and run your own program. But the difference is you fall under our insurance still. So that way all the instructors have to follow the safety procedures to be insured. That's a huge mm-hmm. thing because inherently it's a little riskier than doing a CrossFit box, right? We have a lot of people swimming underwater, a lot of people that you know don't know their limitations yet. That's the biggest thing. If you know your limitations, you're going to be fine in the water for sure. But if you don't know your limitations yet and you really try to push it and we've never had an incident yet, thank God, um, <laughs> so far. but it's because we practice so much safety procedures. We have like a, we tell the lifeguards what we're doing. We have an in-water safety and then we have an instructor on the deck to make sure that everyone looks around. So, um, it's a little bit more tedious, but it provides a really safe environment for people to really push boundaries and, um, take it to the next level for sure. But yeah, so that's the program. Uh, if you're interested, hit us up <laughs> and we'll get it set up a chance. Yeah. If well, so the model is kind of built like where you have one class a week with like 20 participants, you know, you're going to make around like 10 to 14 grand a year on top of your thing. So it's a profitable plan or business model um, for everybody, which is pretty cool. I like that. It's like once a week, but with 20 people. Yeah. So we're, you're running. Oh, okay. That, that's actually really good. So it's solid, right? Yeah. It's not bad. No, it's good. I mean, people like, I, that's another thing. I'm, I'm for me, I'm always looking for other ways to just train for me. Yeah. Like strength training is an art. There's always, it's always different forms of it. And, and yeah, to add something of the water element. Oh dude, that's like a game changer. Cause uh, a lot of people now, especially when they're struggling with like depression, stress and anxiety and what you're taught, you're keying in on those things. Like just breath, bro. Breath. Like, just breathe. Breath. It's yeah. like, nah, man, what's the next best pill? <laughs> I need to get high or something. Which is fine. But like breath is so available to us and we just don't even think about harnessing that ability. Yeah. Which is really good. And are there youth? Are, is, this, is this sport now open to youth or is that kind of along the way? It's along the way. Um, right now we allow um, the youth athletes to come with their parents. So their parents are there and they sign oh, the way. Okay. Um, we train them. So we do have uh, a lot of people that are under 18 training. Um, of course, they have to be able to pass the screener still. Um, so we run a quick screener for everybody who shows up at the pool. And if you can't pass the screener, we'll work with you until you can pass the screener before you can do any workout with like, the whole group. Um, and it's just a 10-minute water tread. Um, so be able to stay calm on your own and be able to maintain on your own. Um, and then we do a 25 meter underwater swim. Um, so pretty much one side of the pool to the other, and then a 25 meters carrying a 10 pound brick outside of the water. So keep it out of the water. And then the last one is we'll throw your goggles or your mask, uh, in the deep end of the pool, and then you'll pick it up with your mouth. Wow. Yeah. What's considered deep end? How many feet is that? Um, we like, like to, to <laughs> um, 13 to 15 feet. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's not too deep. Yeah. Too but even there, there's still <laughs> a lot of, you know? like to, to you, it's not deep. 
No, but it's good. That, that's I like how you have a screening process. It's not like, yeah, just try it out, man. Yeah, you can hold your breath. Yes. <laughs> um. So where do you? Oh, we're gonna have all, all the links. Just send me the links that you want to share with our listeners, so they can if they want to learn more about it. Yeah. Um. And now, do you have like merch already to go for this thing or no? That's not even a thing yet. I had merch. We had some t-shirts and stuff like that. But um, unfortunately, during COVID, our fulfillment center uh, went out of business. Oh, wow. So we're finding a new one right now. Hopefully soon. Should be up in like two weeks. We found one. We just got to make sure uh, they're doing everything we want. And then um, we'll start printing some t-shirts and stuff like that. Okay. So if someone's listening right now and they want to get and they and they want to start working on this, like say some guys listening, they're like, oh, I need to work on my water confidence. Like what do you what what should what can they do now? Like just the average Joe. Yeah. Um, get to the pool and just start swimming on your own. Just regular swimming will get you some confidence. And then you could tread water on your own, practice treading water. Um, if you want to go under for a little bit, see how long you can hold your breath, start learning how to control your breath on your own first um, before you come in the pool. Um, and anybody could do that. You could do that anywhere. You could hold your breath in the bathtub, I guess. Um, <laughs> if it's yeah. shower in your face. Well, I mean, it, we always make it great, but like, we always tell like, if you don't have access to a pool, just hold your breath in the shower. You're like, you'll make some gains, you know? They're, they're <laughs> gains. But it's true. It's like, yeah. shit, it's the most, the most available thing. Yeah. Um, dude, that's good. Anything else you'd want to share with that? Anything else with your fitness program, deep in fitness, uh, underwater torpedo league. Is it UTL or UWTL? It's UTL, right? UTL. Yeah. UTL and then DF or DEF or deep infinite. Yeah. Um, no, that's it, man. You asked some great questions. So that was an amazing conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, man. I appreciate your time. If you guys are listening, if you want to venture into an awesome sport that is in the early stages of developing, that will one day, one, one day be an Olympic sport. I put money on that. Um, check it out. The links are going to be in the show notes, everyone. This is Don Tran. Um, fe- uh, what was it? Marine Raider. Asian Rambo. I put on my notes. Asian Rambo. Aquaman. Bart, man. <laughs> I'm everyone saying that now. <laughs> You're like, damn it, Bart. <laughs> There's so, so many other cool Asian, like, what, what, what's your preferred nickname? What's your preferred nickname? I just like Don, man. Just Don. Yeah, yeah. Don. Okay. Don. <laughs> Don Tread, aka Don. All right. Thank you for coming on the show, guys. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the things. Review us on iTunes, please. Follow us on Spotify or whatever thing you're listening to. And I'll see you guys later. Goodbye and cut. Bye. (laughs) Hey, man, that was a good episode.